Hi, this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. My guests uh, this week are starting a business here in Bloomington, but they're not aiming to become uber-rich people like Elon Musk or Warren Buffett or Oprah Winfrey. Money apparently is not the object. Uh, it's going to be a nonprofit. It's going to be a brand new bookstore here in Bloomington. It's called Redbud Books. And my guests are two of the people who are part of the collective that's running this operation, Hannah Aris and Mikol Siegel. Welcome to Big Talk. Thank, Thank you, so, you much. so much. Great to be here. Well, we're not going to be selling when it comes out the memoir of Taylor Swift at this place, I I assume. I don't know. Don't jump to conclusions. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an interesting thing. I, I noticed some of the sections for Redbud Books which, by the way, when when do you, uh, Hannah? When do you plan to open this uh, book bookshop? So we are going to be opening in early 2024. So right now we are ordering books. We are under construction as well, and January or February is the goal. And Mecole, can you tell me where it's going to be? It is at 408 West Kirkwood um, in what used to be an insurance agency, just uh-huh. kind of catty corner from Blooming Foods West. Aha! All right. Well, as I was saying, I wanted to tell the listeners about what some of the sections might be. I don't see where the Taylor Swift book is going to fit in here, (laughs) but maybe you'll find a place. But this is just an example. Here's a section, Indigenous Worldview, Feminist Thought, Black Thought, Rust Belt Histories, Prison Studies and Abolition. And then we get into, you know, pretty uh, regular type of uh, genres like children's literature, graphic novels. I love graphic novels. Yes, many of the people in the collective do. Science fiction, poetry. I'll bet there's going to be a lot of poetry. Yes, indeed. And I think one of the sort of This is Hannah. Yes. Uh, One of the specialties of the bookstore is that it's not a huge space. It's a beautiful space, but relatively small. And uh, so it's very highly curated. I think every book that we have has been very carefully selected, often by people that are experts in the sections and fields that we are going to be focusing on in the bookstore. These curators, Mm -hmm. the people who are going to be working in the store. Yes. Volunteers. All volunteer run. Yes. So it is organized by a collective of about 10 people. Mm -hmm. And already beyond those 10, we have many volunteers that are already involved in curating, uh, setting up the space. And we will have to have, you know, many more. We have a form online if anybody is interested in volunteering as well uh, for the day-to-day workings of the bookstore, too. Now, if you're interested in becoming one of the volunteers, go over to redbudbooks.org. If you want to send an email and get a response, you can go over to contact at redbudbooks.org. 
Uh, there's a ton of ways to find out about Redbud books besides this program, but don't turn off the radio, by the way. <laughs> they have a Facebook page. They have an Instagram page. They have a Twitter page. They also have a GoFundMe page. Why, Nicole? Well, uh, so far, Redbud has been entirely funded by donations. Um, we had one anchor donor who, um, as a part of Bloomington Cooperative Living, bought the building. And about four-fifths of the building is the newest co-op house in Bloomington Cooperative Living, BCL. Um, and since then, all of the rest of the funds that we've devoted to um, renovating the space, buying inventory, equipment, decoration has all come from donations. And so if folks want to help Redbud, you know, eventually you can come and volunteer. But right now what we could really use is a little bit of financial help. There, there's also different ways for people to to financially yeah, help. Yeah, yeah. I mean, small donations are great. Well, we have these other two ways that people can help. Those of you listening who are faculty or librarians who regularly do um, reviews of manuscripts or book proposals for university presses and get compensated with credit from those presses, you can gift your credit to Redbud Books and we will buy the books and sell them uh, very gratefully. Hmm. You can also become a donor organizer and you can organize your own circle of friends to give at one of two levels, which you can see details of. Um, at the places that Michael just read to you. Um, Redbudbooks.org. Yes. So yeah. there's, there's ways to help out here. This is a community undertaking. And I noticed here, it's a new bookshop. It's nonprofit. It's collectively run. We've said that all. But I also saw that it's community-oriented. Is that what you mean by the fact that all the volunteers are coming from the community and you want the community to help you get going and get up <laughs> off the ground. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, just as you said, but I think also when we think about the identity of the bookstore, it's also going to be very events focused or events driven in a way that we also you know, need the community uh, to be engaged with that. So we will have things like reading groups, film screenings, uh, story time, storytelling events, rather. Uh, we already have a lot that is scheduled for February, March, at least seven events both months. So um, we're going to have a lot of events for you know the community to come, get to know the bookstore. Yeah, and I want to say another way in which Redbud is a community bookstore. Redbud relies on and is emerging thanks to its relationships with a series of other community organizations. Uh-huh. Um, one is our 501c3 umbrella, the Center for Sustainable Living, CSL. Mm. CSL has supported Redbud um, by bringing it within its umbrella, and we're very grateful. This means that also all your donations are tax deductible. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's one. The Neighborhood Planting Project, which is a project in town that distributes an enormous number, thousands, of mostly food tree saplings every year, is partnering with Redbud so that whenever anybody buys a book, we will plant a tree. 
through the neighborhood planting project. I read about that, mm-hmm. and I almost couldn't believe it because you, you're gonna, hopefully you're going to sell a whole ton of books. Yes. But, I mean, uh, trees cost a little money. We have many collective members that are involved in the neighborhood planting project as well. And I know that they go to certain neighborhoods and do kind of more localized planting projects mm-hmm. in those spaces. Shovel and spade. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. They, they have the neighborhood planting project delivers its saplings once a year at a particular yes. time. And the saplings come to the community center, the Overlook in Maple Heights at 611 West 12th Street. And I happen to live near there. So every year for the past however many years NPP has been operating, I see this enormous delivery of saplings all wrapped up in their, oh, you know, um, in their tarps. And then people coming by, people come from other cities to pick up saplings and then the NPP organizes folks in Bloomington to take saplings to various neighborhoods where people have been um, willing to accept the gift of food trees and they have planting days and NPP planted a sapling in my front yard. I now have a service berry thanks to the neighborhood planting Mm -hmm. project and someday we'll yield fruit. I know whenever I have moved into a new neighborhood in my life. I've always wanted to be in a place that has big trees because it's yeah. cooler. It's it's like if there are no trees, it's it's stark. Mm-hmm. And who wants that? <laughs> I, I, I think there there might be a movement oriented around that recognition. <laughs> but Michael, could I could I say a few more of the community organizations oh, that Redbud is enmeshed with and yeah. relies on? Okay, so we've already men- mentioned the Center for Sustainable Living and the Neighborhood Planting Project. I've also mentioned Bloomington Community Living, yes. uh-huh. which is the, the co- sorry, Bloomington Cooperative Living, which is the co-op which secured our anchor donation and which occupies the other part of the building. The other is the Overlook, which I've now mentioned as the headquarters for the Neighborhood Planting Project. It's a community center where the Red Bud Books Collective has met many times and that has generated a sense of community that has powered Red Bud, the organization of Red Bud. And the last organization I want to mention is the construction company that has done all of our renovation, Jeshurun Construction, which is run by um, our friend Max Smith, who is a person who has been involved with um, New Leaf, New Life, and with the Midwest Pages to Prisoners project, which is um, housed at the Overlook at 611 West 12th. And Jeshurun has done all of the renovation of the building, both for the co-op and for Red Bud Books. And it operates almost entirely with formerly incarcerated people um, as laborers. um, And they do absolutely gorgeous work. And we love working with them. Again, our guests are two of the members of the collective that is starting up this new nonprofit, collectively run, community-oriented bookshop. It's called Red Bud Books. It's going to open up. Uh, we're we're hoping. Uh, well, you know how construction goes. You could say January first. You probably mean June first, but it's <laughs> no, not going to be that no, late. No, yeah. early twenty twenty four. People should go to um, go to our social media sites and yeah. look at the photographs there because you will see bookshelves going up and paint Ooh, going on the walls. Yes, yes. Now, now is when the real hard work is going on. When you open a Absolutely. bookstore, it's before those doors are open when the real hard work happens yes yes and it's nice to see I mean it's becoming real after 
a year or so of planning many meetings. What is this bookstore going to look like? What are we going to have there? And now every day we're getting updates on what does the space look like? You know, the bookshelves are going up, as Mukul said. The books are coming in that we're going to be putting on those shelves. So, oh, and and yes. we have the most adorable kids' corner. It's <laughs> a little um, raised platform about six feet off the ground with a ladder leading up to it, and it's supported by a, I guess what they call a live edge, you know, tree. I mean, obviously the tree itself uh, yeah. is no longer alive, but, um, <laughs> and it is adorable and cozy and just bring your kids and yes. let them hang out and read in the kids corner it's going to be great we'll have coffee we'll have comfortable tables to sit at and hang yes mm-hmm. and again hannah where is it going to be what's the address 408 west kirkwood and right now its address in uh, on the internet is redbudbooks.org redbud books is going to be opening up over just to the west of downtown Bloomington. It's going to join some of the old established bookstores here in town. There's Caveat Emptor, there's the Book Corner, there's Morgan Stearns. There used to be countless bookstores here. Mm -hmm. And people are under the impression that bookstores are dying. The truth is, is that's an old trope. Uh, especially independent bookstores That's are right, really yes. doing well these days. People are going out of their ways to go to independent bookstores. That's right, yes. yeah. We're, we're very excited to be in the field with Caveat Emptor, yes. Book Corner, and Morgan Stearns. We don't expect in the slightest to um, displace them. We think of them as colleagues in the um, endeavor of creating community through books. Yes, and we've already spoken with quite a few people, you know, within the community of people running these bookstores. And I think that there's a lot of excitement for another bookstore to be joining the ranks in Bloomington. Now, speaking of books, both of you have some books uh, that you've put out. Now, uh, (laughs) Hannah, Hannah Aris who, by the way, assistant professor in East Asian languages and cultures at Indiana University. Uh, I love this. You translated Asuka Konishi's Haru's Curse, (laughs) which is a manga romance graphic novel. Manga romance, that sounds really cool. Yes. um, So when I was in graduate school, I did a lot of translating. I translated some manga, um, interesting mysteries, uh, yes, romances, as well as several films for film festivals and things like that. And so, I mean, my with my translation experience, there's other people in the collective that are experienced translators, I think more experienced than me. Um, and we are hoping that that's going to be a focus of the bookstore as well, having uh, either workshops or guest speakers that are discussing the art of literary translation. Um, in addition, of course, I think to a robust collection of books, either on translation or that have been translated. Yeah. Clearly, you must be well-versed in the Japanese language, and it would seem to me that has got to be as hard as can possibly be to become versed in a language that doesn't even use our alphabet. It, it's, it's 
totally different. It is. It is quite different. Yes. <laughs> they um, have a different word for everything. I wasn't sure I could say that. I wasn't sure I could say that on the air. <laughs> Thank you, Steve Martin. Um, yes. No. It's it's true. Although you know, working in the uh, East Asian languages and cultures, uh, the Department of East Asian Languages and Cultures at IU, I do see a lot of students every day grappling with learning the language. And so, you know, I can get inspiration from them as well. <laughs> well, uh, books also uh, have come from Mikol Siegel. <laughs> Couple of titles, both published by Duke University Press. One in 2018 was Violence Work, State Power and the Limits of Police. Another 2009 from Duke University Press, Uneven Encounters, Making Race and Nation in Brazil and the United States. Uh, yes, but Michael, what you really should um, say about my publishing is that I translated a, a children's book about the Queen of the Ants. <laughs> <laughs> From what language? Portuguese. Oh, my heavens. <laughs> Gilda Formiga. <laughs> many translators and we are many translators yeah and I just want to underline how cool it is that a bookstore intends to have a large foreign language section oh but, swell you know, it's, a, it's really an extremely rigorous intellectual endeavor Redbud Books mm -hmm. you know we have people who have curated each list have not just sort of gone out to the presses and seen what's out there they are people who have selected from their own understanding deep understanding of a field and picked the books that they think are are canonical and classic and emergent and most important. And, and when you come into Redbud Books and go to a section, you will see a really astonishing mm -hmm. and just excellent selection yes. of books on the shelves. Too. Now, I had been under the impression that here at Indiana University, there's a lot of specialization in uh, the Eastern European languages and cultures like Russia and so forth. What are some of the languages of the books that you're going to be having at Redbud? Oh, gosh. What, are, what have we got? We've got, well, we definitely have German, yes. uh -huh. um, Japanese, mm -hmm. and um, I have not curated a Portuguese language section, although I could. <laughs> um, I think that, well, I would say at least starting off, I think mm -hmm. we, we will have a foreign language section, but mm -hmm. I think more so we are going to have, I think, a very robust collection of translated literature uh -huh. to which we are hoping to add I think more yeah. foreign language I know literature. we have Spanish yes we uh -huh. have a lot of Latin American literature yeah. Latin American studies as a whole I think is very well represented yeah. within the bookstore uh, as well as yes um, East Asian specifically Japanese literature East yeah. Asian studies. So yeah. so far we've had 25 people curate sections, and oh. some people have curated more than one section. Wow. Just to give you a sense of, I mean, you, you read to us maybe a half a dozen right. mm -hmm. um, descriptions, but there are many, even some into which... Taylor Swift. <laughs> we do have, we have a sound studies That's section. That's right, sound studies, we have music. I don't see why she wouldn't yeah. fit in a feminist thought or media criticism. <laughs> and I think also just to follow up to something that Nicole said before, where it's not just people, you know, going online and trying to find what would go in a section like yeah. history or so on, that I've seen firsthand, I think it's been a struggle for many of the curators when we ask, please pick 30 books. 
that right. that's been hard. It's hard to limit yourself people. to 30 oh, because yeah, yeah. they're so versed in the yes. field and enthusiastic about it. So, yes. So we're starting out with, you know, a set of books that we're hoping to expand on. And we've got quite a backlist from people that were, you know, having a hard time paring down, like, what exactly are those books yeah. going to be? Again, the name of the new bookshop is Redbud Books. It will be, and I'm going to have to go to you, Hannah, again. Where's the address? Kirkwood, 408 West Kirkwood. Uh-huh. And, Nicole, when do we hope to open? Early 2024. Early 2024. I mean, you're talking really early. Really early, yeah. Gen- well, I mean, right now it's slated for mid-January, but, you know, we don't want to make promises we can't keep, yes. so let's just say January or February. And we've got many events on the calendar for February, March, and so we've got to be open. You better darn well <laughs> get open. <laughs> may, may I, Michael, may I comment on the name, Redbud Books? Please. Um, That's great. Yeah, well, you know, Redbud is um, a local tree, and so we have um, a a number of intentions with the name Redbud to gesture to our relationship to the Neighborhood Planting Project and to environmental sustainability, our intention to be very consciously local and rooted in Indiana, and the color red might have some other interest to us in, 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 in some other, might have other implications that we value. Mm, that we'll leave it to the imagination. <laughs> now, I went to a website. This is uh, one of these websites that uh, specializes in independent bookstores, okay? Uh-huh. And it's called bookshop.org. And uh, Redbud has a, a listing there. And under the heading, What We're Reading, uh, some people from Redbud put down this. This might tell us a little bit of something about what Redbud will be about, just a little bit. Uh-huh. So here's here are some titles. Detroit, I Do Mind Dying, A Study in Urban Revolution. Another title is Gender Without Identity. How about the story of a new name by Elena Ferrante. She's big. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's big. She's got a whole series of novels that are wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about this title? The Art of Not Being Governed. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Would you Would you read the titles of the um, ones about book the books about bookstores? Yeah, there are a couple of titles. Uh, where uh, under the heading inspired by these books. Okay, so Redbud Books has been inspired by the Radical Bookstore, Counterspace for Social Movements, and another title is The Feminist Bookstore Movement, Lesbian Anti-Racism and Feminist Accountability. Yeah, these are some books that um, we talked about as we were organizing. You know, we share a lot of the same goals that the folks who've organized in those two bookstore movements also share, and we feel that we're following in their footsteps. What do we mean when we say bookstore movement? Does that mean like there are a number of bookstores in that neighborhood, as it were? Or what does that mean, movement? Well, I, I think it's amorphous. 
you know, but I do think that people who have organized bookstores along various political stripes do have a sense of participating in a shared project. And we have a sense of our legacy in Bloomington and more broadly of, um, you know, of bookstores that have provided space for certain kinds of community solidarity and support. And I think in addition to these books, and uh, these are two books that inspired us in our planning, but there were also many bookstores, not just across the country, but across the world that have been very mm. inspiring to us as well. So we've been bringing bookstores. I know Eva, one of our collective members, was traveling around, I think, this, during the summer, uh, going to various bookstores. Um, and indeed, kind of, we've been thinking about what are the models, the you know current day models as well, uh, that we want to be in community with, right, with shared goals, uh, as well as um, just inspiration for what we want to be here. Now, Hannah Aris, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. What are you reading right now, just for pleasure? Or then again, you are a faculty member at IU. Yes. You might not be reading anything <laughs> for pleasure well, right now. I can say that I'm reading half for pleasure, half for work, something that I've really been enjoying, uh, which is the book Scattered All Over the Earth uh -huh. by uh, Yoko Tawada, who is a contemporary Japanese author. I just read it with my graduate students and absolutely love the novel. Uh, it deals with a lot of contemporary questions about language, climate catastrophe, uh, and uh, immigration as well. Nicole, how about you? Anything for pleasure these days? Yeah, I have two books on my bedside table. Um, one is I, Tituba by Maurice Condé, a novel. One is a series of short stories by Grace Paley, um, uh -huh. gifted to me by Eva, the collective member that Hannah just mentioned, who was the person who came to Bloomington last February and spent six months kind of getting us together and, uh -huh. and pre-organizing for Redbud. And I'm also reading Daniel Hughes' Building the Bonds of Attachment, which is about in infancy and child raising. Well, I'll bet the gang of you are just spreading around books uh, oh all day long be yes. between all of you, huh? Yes, my reading list is longer than ever because I come out of every meeting with a few more things that I want to read. Yes, it's terrible. Now, <laughs> Hannah, mm. when the shop opens, what will you do? Well, I am on the committee for organizing events, uh -huh. so I'm particularly interested as a film professor in the kinds of film screenings that we're going to be doing. But again, we're going to have a variety of events, including reading groups, readers, speakers, um, authors, translators, as well as some other fun events that maybe don't quite fit within those running event series that we're going to be doing. One of our collective members, Mia Beach, is actually going to be creating a camera obscura within the bookstore and we'll have open hours in the afternoon sometime in February. Wonderful in Mia Beach, uh, who has been on this program yes, about a month ago, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Nicole, what are you going to do? I will help organize events occasionally. Uh -huh. um, one thing that I really want to do um, more of that I've been doing a little bit of already is coordinating faculty to be faculty buddies, to be uh -huh. these faculty red buddies, and to, to help people become affiliated with and support Redbud. Our guests, Hannah Aris and Nicole Siegel,
They're part of the collective that's running the new bookstore that's going to open in a few weeks. It's going to be over at, give me that address again, Hannah. 408 West Kirkwood. Redbud Books, a new bookshop opening up, nonprofit, collectively run, community-oriented. Thanks so much for being on Big Talk, Nicole Siegel and Hannah Aris. Thanks, Michael. Thank you so much. It's It's been been a pleasure.